Welcome to our podcast. As, As a, a matter, matter of, of black. black. I'm Bowie. Already in pro black thug, Bali. And we're back. Yay. With another episode. We're always so happy to come back and record. Always yep. so happy to, you know, impart knowledge on the people. Yep. It's always dope. You know what I'm saying? We like, we like uh, you know what I'm saying, a network. A network out here now. You know what I'm saying? People listen to us. Oh, yeah. People listen to us. And people also contact us and tell us that they love our um, episodes. So, we definitely want to say thanks to everyone. Yeah, thank you. Um, who listen and, you know, who give us feedback, who rate us, who share us. Um, yeah, thanks for checking us out. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, I guess we can just go ahead and jump into it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's summer madness. You know what I'm saying? It's part of our summer madness. We just had a really good holiday. Definitely. A black American holiday. Yo, yeah, you know, uh, Juneteenth. Juneteenth. We did that, didn't we? We did it again. Big, big, really big for the second year in a row for, you know, the masses. Yeah. Do you remember, like, last year when we talked about Juneteenth and we was on the podcast, I was like, yo, next year, I'm going to try to throw the biggest Juneteenth party that Little Rock's ever seen. Vaguely. I said that because I was like, Last year, we weren't going to get to celebrate it like we wanted to. Or maybe I said it on Facebook. It was maybe one of the two. Maybe I said it on Facebook. Maybe I said it. But we didn't throw the biggest party that Little Rock ever seen. But I think that it was more Juneteenth, that Little Rock, <laughs> Juneteenth events that Little Rock ever seen Yeah. in a hundred and some years of the holiday. Yeah. We, and apparently it was also, uh, it's, it was, it's a federal holiday now. Yep. Um, so last Friday they announced, or was it Friday? It they was, announced it was. It, it was. It was definitely before the actual Juneteenth day. Okay. So yeah. So last week sometime. Last week sometime they announced that you know Juneteenth is now going to be a federal holiday. Yeah. Which means that if you're a federal employee, you'll have the day off, and maybe maybe that'll get you an, an additional work day. You know additional holiday uh paid holiday time at your regular place of employment and so i i thought personally i feel a little conflicted by it i thought it was good because it's a holiday that should definitely be recognized Mm -hmm. and it's a holiday that when you do recognize it you have to admit and accept the like horrible you know uh atrocity of uh, antebellum chattel slavery and um, you have to also recognize that the vestiges of that type of pain and horror has really not like lived itself out and that there is still sort of some um, rectifying to be happening um, as a result of, 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 of black people in this country being enslaved mm-hmm. or enslaved Africans being enslaved in America. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We we gotta we gotta recognize Juneteenth for what it is, man. And it's a it's a lot of people out there. Um everybody's not not happy about Juneteenth being a holiday. A lot of people don't want to celebrate Juneteenth and it's interesting to hear the reasons why people don't want to celebrate it. Some people talk about that's 
we don't want to celebrate the end of slavery where some people was free way before that. And, you know, it's, it's actually people out there that say that some people want to bring up this uh, 1804 act in New Jersey where they were the, apparently the first state to try to end slavery. As, but you have to just go and look at it and research it yourself. Yeah. But I personally love Juneteenth. You know what I'm saying? I've been celebrating since I was a kid. And I'm I'm more excited now because, you know, if you like me, you know, we are in Arkansas. But this is something that's not um, just, uh, uh, just an Arkansas thing. A lot of people don't didn't know for a long time what Juneteenth was about because it was always been in the black community a festival, a concert. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A a a, a market. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A celebration. And so people like you know, I was talking to one of my uh, one of my good friends a couple of years ago, and telling him about Juneteenth, and I ended up talking to another fellow artist, and I was like, Yo, you know, Juneteenth is not the Power ninety two concert that you think it is bro it's actually a, a black people's independence day yeah celebrating you know have to go back to the whole history of you know troops going to galveston and and uh giving the last enslaved people and those troops the word that you know what I'm saying slavery was had been abolished and it was over with and you know what I'm saying that came from you know you know t- two years after you know what I'm saying emancipation proclamation two and a half years and so people didn't really know that because, you know, when we had these concerts and things like that, and I and I told somebody that I might get into it about what was going on in Little Rock and why we lost that big Juneteenth celebration that we used to do. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it feels. But, you know what I'm saying? The focus got shifted in a lot of ways over the years, and then people just started using it as a money-making holiday, you know? Well, you know, I think the focus got shifted because... It's really hard to educate people and make it appealing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. It's hard to educate younger people and also make it a you know consumable. And so, I remember the big festival that happened here in Juneteenth. We went, me and my cousins and my friends. We went every year, mm-hmm. and we had our outfits and everything together. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Every every year, I would write into Power ninety two an essay about what Juneteenth meant to me. And I remember, because one year I got so close. Like, I poured my heart into this into this essay. Yeah. And um, I got, I was, a, I, it, I was, uh, it was me and this other lady who had wrote, like, the best essay. And we had to call in with Trey Day and do, like, an interview as to, like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had to speak on it. Pause. At the time, did you know Trey Day was white? I believe I did. Okay, because that always yeah. it always trips me out. Right. Trey Day in Little Rock is like the uh it's like Bobby Caldwell on social media. <laughs> Every year somebody gotta find out that Bobby Caldwell <laughs> is white. I didn't know what you wanna do for love. Every year somebody <laughs> find out. Trey Day is like the Bobby Caldwell of okay. Arkansas. <laughs> I got it. You know, I, see at the time I was so young that it didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like no. I mean, you know, people just heard him on the radio. Just yeah. assumed that he was black. I thought he was black too, but <laughs> I believe I met him and and found out he was white. Yeah. But anyway, I was very excited to go to the Juneteenth celebration. Yeah. Um. However, I f- recognized that like I recognized the umbrella 
of of which Juneteenth was at the of, at the amphitheater represented. Yeah. And every year, I remember they would have Broadway Joe or somebody get up there and talk about, or it would be some older lady from the community get up there and talk about what Juneteenth meant. You know, it would yeah. be at the top of the day now. Yeah, when, about when, 10, when, 11 o'clock now. Yeah, when you know, you know people didn't get there until afternoon. Wasn't hardly nobody there. Yeah. But they was up there talking about it. I was there, and I was always like, yes, this evoked the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. And whoever else, you know what I'm saying, was hanging out in Galveston. I don't even know. But I was always like, this really resonates with me. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I would go and, you know, dance a little Bow Wow or Soldier Boy. You know, and it was hard to sort of explain when you date young, explain to your, like your friends, like, this is about, like, revolution. And, like, this is about freedom for black people. Jubilee. Nobody cares. <laughs> But it always stuck with me, and it's always it's always been carried into like my own traditions, and you know it's a holiday that I'm so happy that now I can bring into a tradition of my own with my friends and my family, and it's cool. And and see, you know, and you make a good point. You know, it's you know it's hard to educate people when, during events like that, and that's why, like, even like with. Kwanzaa, I'm not going to go all off into Kwanzaa. We make it a point when we do our Kwanzaa events that, you know, the fun, the fellowship, it's all going to be there. And But we try to, at the height of our celebration of Kwanzaa, talk to everybody about Kwanzaa yeah. and do it right then. Yeah. And we don't we, we don't get super long-winded or anything no. like that, but we know this is at the height, this is the peak, we got the most people. We, we talk about it then, we honor, we respect it, we talk about the principles, and then we go back to the kicking it and back yeah. to the fellowship and then, you know, the community vibe again. Yeah, I mean... And education, it, is, it's important that you put the education it is. at the prime time, you know? And you can do both, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a nerd. I like to read. I like to learn about history. I like to do all that stuff. I like to be intuitive. I like to think. I like to think critically, you know what I'm saying? But y- your girl likes to kick it. You know, yeah. like I, it like me. Yeah, I like to kick it. Like oh, people really? don't, people may not think I like to kick it, but I enjoy kicking it. And what I enjoy even more than kicking it is kicking it around a great cause. <laughs> hey, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, you are a party animal on a scale of animals. A party animals, you up there with like the Bengal tiger. And some a lot of people is koala party animals. <laughs> You know, some people grasshoppers. You know what I'm saying? But you right. a Bengal tiger with yours. Now I like to hop, bar hop. I like to meet new people. Yeah. I like to have a few drinks. You know what I'm saying? I like to dance a little bit. Yup, yup. I enjoy the party. Hey, and I co-sign. I can vouch for all of that. That you are, you do all of those things. You're not a liar. You ain't never lied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. But I mean Juneteenth <laughs> this year it was it was definitely a vibe because you know what I'm saying it was so many people that were just waiting to get out and do something and go to the be out amongst people and celebrate and hug and congregate and fellowship all that type of stuff again. Uh the it becoming a federal yes. holiday holiday I was also I felt conflicted about it. I mean, much respect to the grandmother, they call her Juneteenth Opal Lee. Yeah. For decades she has been Leading that talk in the national conversation to make it a federal holiday. I'm cool with it, but I'll say this, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, since the bank's going to be closed on Juneteenth next year and all this type of stuff, 
let's talk about more radical change yeah. in the system. Talk about more equitable solutions. I mean, we got to be creative and, and think about ways that, that this policy can actually, uh, we can do more than these symbolic gestures yeah. and legislation and by the legislators man this passed so quick i don't even think it was conversation leading up to it like people was talking about man juneteenth they're gonna be voting on to become a holiday soon i don't remember hearing any of that talk i just know one day bam juneteenth was unanimously went through the senate and bam and unanimously went through the house or close yeah. to unanimous it was like you know a few people that voted against that but you know when they do that lets you know how powerful the, the federal government is when they can basically bring up a topic that I don't think it was even at the forefront of anybody's mind leading up to Juneteenth this year. That's true. Especially coming out of last year. We've been talking about reparations. We've been talking about voting rights bills. We've been talking about anti-lynching bills. We've been talking about hate crime bills. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We've been talking... This whole discussion around critical race theory has been at the forefront of everything, national, making national headlines. And now all of a sudden, boop, they sneak it in there. You know Juneteenth is a federal holiday now. Mr. 94 Crime Bill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sleepy Joe. Yeah, you signing this now. What about all the other stuff that we was talking about? You know what I'm saying? We, this is true. So, you know, we have to do things to address uh, what legalized oppression, what slavery, what it caused. We have to address, you know, the, uh, domestic terrorism in black communities. There was all this talk this year about uh, the... Uh, Tulsa massacre and how it was 100 years later and how these people are still fighting for trying to get their land back, some of the descendants, survivors, talking about insurance, all of this type of stuff. And then, you know, the big thing that the legislators want to do is Juneteenth is a holiday. And, you yeah. know, it's a slap in the face yeah. to some people because it's like, y'all, we ain't even talked about, you know what I'm saying? We can't even talk about slavery truthfully in school Y'all yep. haven't had a conversation about police violence against black communities. You know, we can't even talk about the history of what slave patrols did and why we even have law enforcement departments now, you know, uh, because it's a direct result, you know what I'm saying, of the end of slavery. You know, um, they said after lynchings, prison was the next best thing to that. And so um, <clears throat> Juneteenth becoming a, a federal holiday Great to honestly, you know what I'm saying, have that be an achievement. But we so far behind. It's like, man, we it's, it's we really don't even have time to celebrate it. Yeah. You know, I, we'll celebrate it again next year. It's after this first year being a federal holiday. But in the meantime, between time, let's go ahead and get some, some meaningful work done with policy, man, because that that really just kind of ticked off people because we're going to celebrate it whether it was federally recognized or not. You know? It's true. I mean, well, I don't really got nothing to say after that. I feel like that about sums it up for me. Already. For me. Well, I'm going to say this right here. Y'all let us know how y'all feel about it online, Juneteenth. You know, we, we waiting on y'all to, you know what I'm saying, start sending us some emails or something like that. We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> waiting on y'all to give us some feedback when we drop these episodes. Send us a tweet or a message on Facebook when we see the, uh, the link getting shared. Yeah, let us know also how you celebrate it. And you know, the other thing, I guess I do have something to add. Yeah. Some people did take a more revolutionary route in in do things. There was a bailout. Yeah. The Freedom Fund, Little Rock uh, Freedom Fund hosted a bailout. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to my uh, my colleagues, 
uh, Don Jeffrey and Ryan D. Davis. Little Rock Freedom Fund, we were able to do an Arkansas Freedom Day, Juneteenth bailout. Uh, and, you know, the goal was to get at least 19 people out for June 19th, 1865. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That being the, the day of Juneteenth. We get 19 people out. So far, uh, we, tried, we, we got so much love and support uh, that... We extended it through the month of June so we could meet our goals of getting 19 people out in the month of June. And we're on track to do that so far. I believe over, by the time y'all hear this, I'm pretty sure 19 people would have got bailed out. But so far, I believe about uh, 8 to 10 people have gotten bailed out. Yeah. And so it's still going forward. So yeah. that was one way we decided to like honor people by like, it's going to be, it's going to be so weird mm-hmm. to celebrate it a day of, the end of slavery, knowing that some people are locked up in the system and they're innocent mm-hmm. and they're locked up in the system because they poor or they got addictions or, you know what I'm saying, some type of mental illness. Juneteenth is about liberation and freedom. And so the best way we figured out to do that was to get some people to liberate some minds and liberate the body too at the same time. So Yeah. And so that's something we can, you know, continue to encourage people to do. Is, yeah, most definitely. You know, if, if ever you feel a little discouraged or feel like something is symbolic, sometimes it is up to us to sort of make the change, you know, be the change that we want to see and support the causes that, you know, that get us closer to actual liberation. You know, black people got to create institutions like our own institutions so that we can be, you know, so that we can be insulated from sort of like these outside um, traumas or outside experiences of systematic uh, racism, yeah. white supremacy. So you know, <clears throat> yeah. Just keep, just keep, just keep trying. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah, you gotta stay active. Stay activated. Stay activated. You know Whoa. what I'm saying? Hey, I got one listener probably gonna be wanting to hear this. Okay. But you know what? I'm not gonna tell the story. But if you want to know the story about why Juneteenth ended in Little Rock and Power '92, holler at your boy Bali online. I might go live and I'll talk about why Juneteenth ended and now it's been brought back but in a more uh, educational form by a lot of people in Little Rock. But, hey. Well, for Juneteenth, I had a cool little um, cookout Mm -hmm. here at my house. Had a nice little kickback with some friends came over and, Mm -hmm. you know, potluck style. They brought things and... I made some catfish, and then, you know... I didn't get invited, by the way, y'all, so I can't tell y'all nothing about how great this catfish <laughs> was. I don't eat catfish You don't eat catfish? Either. Right, exactly. So, also... I eat vegan catfish. Well, we didn't have none of that. Also... I eat vegan catfish. Also, we... Everybody that came in got a little chalkboard name tag, and they wrote their favorite black American on the name tag, and they wore their name tag... Because it's really important to speak up. I mean, some of them wasn't dead. They was alive. Some of them was alive. Um, some people had Michelle Obama and Tyler Perry. Who did you have? I had Sonia Sanchez. That's right. Okay. Yeah, she's one of uh, She's a great black American poet. Um, I read her books, her poetry books in like one setting. And I've cried at the end of most of them. And so, like, she really touched me. I got a chance to meet her at a, um, a black writers conference in Brooklyn. Uh, a long time ago, and um, so yeah, I saw Nat Turner floating around. I saw James Baldwin floating around. If, I see Malcolm X floating around. If I was here. I would have put two people because I like to cheat. Who? I would have put Angela Davis as mine, and then I got it always. I, I mean, you know, I, 
I gotta always put, you know, somebody else too. So I would probably put Khalif Browder. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, we really was we really wanted to sort of lift up some of our um, you know, favorite black American leaders and heroes. We wanted to have them in the space and in the room. But one of the things we did want to have in the room is uh people who don't need to be at the cookout. Boy. <laughs> that's one of the things we didn't have at the cookout is people who are no longer welcomed to the cookout and it's not really you know it ain't even our fault you know what I'm saying it's y'all fault and y'all know who I'm talking about cause y'all is them (laughs) y'all is them y'all know who y'all is Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all getting a little too willy-nilly with the invites. And we ain't even got that much space, time, or energy. We ain't got that much food. And these people not even bringing nothing. Exactly. And if they do, it's, you know, potato salad with raisins in it. Or it's popcorn with um with mayonnaise. Yeah. Sweet potato pies <laughs> with, with sesame seeds in it. Or it's uh, <laughs> candy toilet punch punch toilet candy juice exactly <laughs> trifling good for nothing type of they is not putting in yes. on the uh on the rent on the rent money and we know the rent is too damn high you know what i'm saying and so yeah um we had we definitely let the people who was not invited, similar to Juneteenth, you know, because one of the things I feel like I saw, and we we can talk about it, we don't have to talk about it, but around Juneteenth, you know, there was commotion about who's leading said community Juneteenth community events. Okay, and it's synonymous with this with the cookout concept. Well, you know, what I'm saying real talk, you know, what I'm saying we talked a lot last year about like how. There's so much uh, that needs to be done around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And when we start talking about all of those things, we have to talk about it from our black perspective. It's a matter, as a matter of black, as talk from a black perspective. Right. And so when, when we are controlling the narrative, it has to be black-led. It has to be black people at the forefront of it. That is our only role. And that's the only role for us. And that's the only role that we need to have. And we don't need to give it to nobody else. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is our opportunity. We we talked about it a, a, a few times during president, the last president that was in office before this new guy got here. And how, and how like, the you know what I'm saying? The, Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you talking about the president of the United States? Yeah. I'm getting to it. Yeah, we talked about it with the last president before this new guy got here. How he appointed his person of the Department of Education. How this lady didn't have no experience in education. Right. When she got appointed, Betsy uh, DeVos. DeVos. So whatever. DeVos. But the thing about it was, I, I said that that was perfect with what he was trying to do. He wanted to rewrite history to where, like, you know what I'm saying? It was more pleasing to one side than our side. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens when you let stuff get up out of your control. When you don't lead it, those people end up writing stories. And guess what they do? They whitewash it. And so 
Do y'all really want Juneteenth to be whitewashed? Do you really want everything we done to be whitewashed? Like, come on now. Look at TikTok. TikTok is a great platform for black creators. But rarely do the black creators benefit from it. Yeah. We put the dances on there. We create the skits all the time. And then what end up happening? They get stolen by video gang. They get stolen. Somebody else repost it that's more popular. They take your dance moves. They take your little concepts. take your jokes. take all your creative intellectual property. And then you get no compensation for it. So when I talk about, you know, we, we, we basically starting to revoke people uh Invites. We revoking them invites. Y'all is not yeah. getting invited just because y'all can dance. Yeah. Y'all is not getting invited just because y'all know how to dress a little bit, got a little style. Mm-hmm. Y'all not getting invited because you got one, two, three, or four, or five black friends <laughs> or family members. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, we got to stop giving everybody invites to the cookout because guess what the cookout going to turn into? It's going to turn into day cookout. It's not going to turn into they cookout. They don't have cookouts. Right. You know what they have? No. Raves. <laughs> the cookout going to turn into a rave. Listen. The, the cookout going to turn into a frat boy party. They're going to start drinking White Claws. You know what I'm saying? The cookout going to turn into beer fest. You know what I'm saying? We, we can't let the cookout. The cookout got too much... Richness, richness in our culture. They gonna take over the electric slide and it's gonna become the <laughs> electric. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The cookout gonna change. Ain't gonna be no more burnt hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? Your uncles, the uncles gonna start looking different. Yeah, the uncles gonna show up in uh, Uggs. Uggs and uh, Sperry's. I'm about to say Sperry's with no socks. <laughs> Drinking white claws with a can of dip. (laughs) With a can of dip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we um for me it's representation, you know. I think it's one thing to just sort of be able to, you know, to kind of show up and you know, it's it's always really interesting for me because we talked about Kwanzaa earlier. I remember celebrating Kwanzaa some years back. And when I first started celebrating it, I remember only seeing black people, you know, young, old, everything in between. Then suddenly, when the news started showing up, we started seeing not so black people, you know. Yeah. And there were black people, there were not so black people who, for whatever reason, wanted to find some sort of like, um, <clears throat> what is it, connection or some kind of thing, wanted to have this closeness and this relatability to us but it's just like hey you know we don't need that we don't need closeness and or relatability all we need for you to do is you know just not be in the spaces that like we represent you know this is a space for us by us it's curated with a particular person in mind and sadly or happily you are not that person you know, the other thing is that, especially as a black woman, well, I mean, because what else could I be coming? What other perspective could I be coming from? But it's hard to see other people sort of put it up into the forefront as like the face yeah. when it's so many other people that can represent us and that could lead us 
or not necessarily lead us, but sort of just like lead the, you know, the cause um, on our behalf. I mean, you know, I feel like being you to have this conversation before, but it's just like, come on, y'all. Now, come on. Y'all know, man. Y'all know what y'all do. Y'all love when black people do something at the top, the top level or something. And when somebody of a fair shade start doing it, not even on that level, they get more praise and more attention. Right. And so, like, you know, why do you act amazed by Justin Bieber and Eminem when you when we have, you know, uh, Kendrick Lamar and we have Marvin Gaye and people right. like that? You know what it all boils down to, you know? When they do something that mimics what we do, you know what I'm saying, a lot of times they get more praise and get more attention because guess what? More of their people are paying attention and they always boost their people up in our realms, in our in our arenas. You know what I'm saying? And not on top of that, then we start acting like we ain't never seen nothing like this before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you it's somebody, I, I guarantee you, I can guarantee you a few things for sure, growing up black and what you're gonna experience. Growing up black, you're gonna you're gonna always see somebody who is crazy with the vocals, who can sing their tail off, mm-hmm. and, and, and ain't never gonna be famous. Never. <laughs> They're gonna still be singing his eyes on the sparrow at the smallest uh country church in the country. And they are they are the designated, the designator. For sure, make everybody cry at the funeral person. Right. You know what I'm saying? They get called on every time. They hold that same note for it's a leak in this old building right at the top of the funeral. Exactly. <laughs> it's you always, already know what song they're going to sing before they start singing it. It's always going to be guaranteed that you see some freak athlete in your community. It's a, it's a dude or a girl that know how to flip off the house, you know, run down the street. They, you, they at their house and they hear the ice cream truck. It's in past, and they can run and catch the ice cream truck. <laughs> the bus, didn't, they didn't miss the bus. They didn't chase that bus for 22 blocks. Yep. And made it to somebody else bus stop. You see them athletes like that? It's always somebody that just got that 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 super smart person. Then you like, man, how is he? How is she so smart? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then what they end up doing, a lot of times... You know what I'm saying? They don't get that recognition from the Ivy League college or something like that. But they end up getting that full scholarship to HBCU or whatever the local school is. And they go on to be successful. They they always maintain their smarts. But you just remember how they was leaps and bounds above everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And then you always got that person that you know they're going to be. You can just see the star in them from the jump when they a kid. You don't know if they're going to be an actress. You don't know if they're going to be a singer, a movie star, what. But it happens. We see that stuff growing up. I know somebody that can tell you somebody about all four of those examples that I just gave you. The super smart, the super freakish athlete, the super talented uh, vocal leader, music person, or the person who just like just straight up just show leadership and, and ability to, to influence people. We see it and then we, uh, we minimize it until we see somebody that don't look nothing like them do some of the same stuff. And that's very unfortunate. Yeah. 
So stop inviting them to the cookout just because they can do something or they know some people. We know too yeah. many people like that. And you know, other people people are gonna find them to be talented. People are gonna find them to be useful yeah. in their in their own little situations and in their own spaces. You know, we gotta definitely start allowing our like allowing ourselves to lift up our people. Yes. And we shouldn't be so we shouldn't be so welcoming. We shouldn't be okay. You know, part of the, my whole thing about building building black institutions mm-hmm. is that you don't got to be adjacent to no to nobody else. You know, you don't have to always accept money either. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard, but like you know, typically what happens when when it comes to building black institutions is that your reputation precedes you and the community and the people support and rally behind you. And yeah. that's where the concept of for us, by us is birth, you know? Yeah. We don't have to use the commodity of no other culture mm-hmm. to, you know, elevate ourselves. We are rich enough. Our talents, our education, our resilience... We have enough wealth within ourselves, even even actually monetary resources within ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And you should be weird, leery, you know. what I'm saying, like, I'm not saying you got to be like super distrusting, or I'm I don't know what that means for you, but for me, it means you know just kind of being a little cautious, like asking questions, getting a little more background about a person, trying to understand what is the reasoning for kind of being around. You know, what do they need and who do they represent? Exactly. How can we help you? You know, is um those are a few questions you can ask. Uh yeah. um So go ahead, I'm sorry. That I think that was it. Well I'm gonna just say <laughs> go down your go scroll down your roller decks. Yeah. Scroll down your contacts. You got to go ahead and revoke some of them invites that you sent out to the cookout, because guess what? See, when they come to the cookout, guess what they do? They become a sponge. Mm-hmm. They come soak up all the wealth of ideas and knowledge and information mm-hmm. and spirit. They come soak it up, and guess what they end up doing? They take it back. That's how you end up with these folks like them Paul brothers who keep on fighting black dudes. Ain't, ain't trained in the boxing none of their life until now. And they get to fight Nate Robinson. They get to fight Floyd Mayweather. And now, now the guy want to fight uh, Mike Tyson. Why do you want to keep on fighting black people? I don't know. Well, you but, know. But somebody invited them to the cookout. Yeah. Somebody was like, you just like, you know. And they should have been on trash duty. But you know what they was on? They got a plate. Yeah. They got a seat. And they had a spot at the dance floor. Oh, my God, man. Well, I just want to say also to the people who show up at the cookout looking for an invite, because it ain't just the people handing out the invite. It's some of y'all showing up. Perhaps, you know, you can you can take a step back and decide, you know, what cookout it is you're trying to show up to. Like, do you need to show up to the Juneteenth uh, cookout, or do you need to show up to the Earth Day cookout? You need to show up to Kwanzaa, or do you need to show up for you know uh, keep Arkansas beautiful situation? You know, do you need to be here for uh, any other type of freedom, Black cultural event, Africa Day, um, the night market, or you know, do you need to be over here celebrating a you know National Take Your Dog to the Doggy Park Day? Exactly. You know, it's you could be the face of all kinds of things. Cause I don't want you. To feel like you got to show up and try to take over the cookout, 
Because that's what ended up happening. The infiltration. So that's what I say. Invite me to the raid. Invite me to the raid. Invite me to the keg party. Invite us to the keg party because we like beer. Invite me to the keg party. Invite me to the raid. And uh, what else y'all got going on? Uh, uh, whatever emo and goth stuff y'all got, <laughs> I'll come to that. <laughs> uh, and then, you know what I'm All saying? All your cosplay events. Your cosplay <laughs> events, I'll show up to that. Y'all seersucker and, and sundress. Yeah, derbies. All your derbies. Y'all derbies. Y'all derbies. Let me, I'm going to show up to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Invite me invite me to y'all and, and more and, and more invites. Send me more invites to y'all uh y'all little lobbying group uh cocktail events. Cause I know y'all y'all exclusive clubs be costing like a thousand dollars where y'all can go lobby and talk to legislators and, and drink fine scotch. Invite me to that. I got a yeah. blazer I've been waiting to break out. Well, I just like to I wanna be invited to all the high class events where the um the ballers reside. The, exactly. Um, the one is you know paying five thousand an hour type of situation. Give me VIP to those. Too. I want to be there because I like to drink the fine champagne, but on your dime. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we doing now, y'all. We revoking invites, but we accepting all invites, almost all of them. We ain't going. We ain't, we ain't messing with none of them rebel flaggers and none of that. Oh, no, not those. We ain't messing with No that. Proud Brothers, no... No, uh, Uncle Ruckus stuff. None of Alaskan that. Alaskan Pipeline, none of, none of that situation. Nah, we want to get invited to all your little, your little ritzy, cheesy stuff. Okay, so now that's out the way. Revoke the invites, y'all. Or else I'm going to stop inviting y'all to the cookout. Yeah. And y'all know who y'all is. We claim your time. We claim your wine and your time, right? <laughs> and your fine dining. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Love is in the air. Again. You know, yup. I got a few. Uh, so, you know, the COVID health situation happened. Put a whole bunch of weddings on hold. It wouldn't have put in mind. If I wanted to get married when COVID happened, I would have still got married. It just wouldn't have been, you know. None of y'all would have been there. <laughs> it would have put mine on hold because there is no way I would not have. I no, there was no way I would do. I would still have a wedding. I would have just had a reception later. No, my parents were actually supposed to have like they were supposed to renew their their vows their thirty mm-hmm. fifth or thirty sixth or something, and um, it was already becoming a disaster. Then COVID happened. Then my mom was like, she don't even want to do it no more. She completely over the idea. And I was like, man, that sucks. But I was like, what you gonna do? I mean, as long as she ain't divorce your boy, man, you know what I'm saying? Nah, they good. still they still over there. All looking right. at each other. Anyway, so love is in the air. Weddings are kind of circling back around. I was invited to a wedding. Word. It's next month. However, it's inside. It's in Great. Houston and Great. it's inside. Great. They, they they know better. Yeah, because apparently the wedding craze and the outdoor weddings is at an all-time high. Uh, understandably. Yeah, you know, people are ready to, you know, celebrate their love and do this expression of love, this grand expression of love. In the dead of the summer and in the, in the dead of the heat of the mm-hmm. summer, especially in the South, although it feels like, Hotness, you know, travels to every coast. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but the, man, okay, 
Well, I'm from the South, so let me just break it down into some language that y'all understand. It's hot in the sun. <laughs> but the humidity is real in the South. So for you people that's Canadian and for you people that's in climates where, you know what I'm saying, 80 degrees feel like, ooh. Here, you know what I'm saying, 80 degrees feel like... 80 is like so nice. 80 degrees feel like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> in the South, I don't even know. You Today know? it was 80 degrees, but it wasn't humid. It was like 83 and it was nice. Yeah, but that's rare. True. That's rare. Because how many times we go outside and we say, oh, it's only 86 degrees. But the heat, the heat index... Yeah. But it feels like it feels 98 like, degrees. Like, right. I don't understand that. And it's all humidity and it's it's a different thing. Global warming and all the things. Yeah. And so, like, I, I digress, you know what I'm saying? But weddings, weddings. Right. So, basically, I guess what we're saying is that, you know, as we, you know, you know, um, Right on out through the summer, we 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 think that you all should be very considerate and not have outdoor weddings um, when it's so humid, you know. Yeah. Um, Real talk, and I got a list of things I think they need to do. I've only been to a few outdoor weddings. Yeah. Now, one of my outdoor weddings happened pre-COVID. It was in Staten Island, and what I tell you, I ain't never been so high in my life. Like, Mm -hmm. and I had on all black. I don't know why. But I, that's what I had on. And it was the hottest day I have ever experienced in my entire life. You couldn't even enjoy the wedding, huh? I couldn't even enjoy the wedding. It was no shade. See? No shade. See? Right in the dead of the sun, like the sun at the top of the day. It was like 2 or 3 o'clock, you know? And like the height. And I got to throw shade when that happened. Of the heat. No shade? I got to throw shade. Then they didn't have no water in sight for us to drink, you know? Mm disrespectful so disrespectful and i don't i honestly don't remember the wedding not like the ceremony what i remember is the reception because the party was inside um that was very disrespectful i will say um and then i went to another wedding but it was in the fall Mm -hmm. and that made much more sense yeah you know, it was cooler, but it wasn't like super cool. And it was even like a great balance of temperature because it was a daytime wedding, but the reception went to the evening. But, you know, the temperature was so nice that like, you know, if I didn't have to worry about like, oh, I didn't bring a jacket or whatever. It was perfect. Yeah. And so, so just be considerate of all your guests. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my thing. You know, I don't even know why y'all even trying to get married in the summer. It's really too hot for all of that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's really too hot to be going there. But if you must, if that's what you want to do, I mean, you got to have the right location. But think about some stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? Like one with me. You know what I'm saying? A lot of your guests, man, you know what I'm saying? They don't really fool with the heat like that. Yeah, especially if they black. That might affect your gift. You know what I'm saying? That 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 might affect your what kind of gift you get at the wedding. Because if I know I got to sit up here... In a two, three hour situation outside in the heat, you know, why I don't want to feel like carrying something out there just just so expensive and so nice or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Man, you might end up with a card, a gift card or something like that. So for the people that's materialistic and shallow, you might want to think about some of the gifts that you're going to get when you put people in those horrific summertime situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ladies. 
A lot of people like to get married midday, daytime wedding. No. And I see the struggle on the makeup situation <laughs> in the heat and in the summertime. You are so rude. That's not that look. Do you really want your makeup dripping like that? No, nobody wants your makeup to drip. I'm just saying, you you risking messing up an outfit. You risking uh, having to go back and forth. You get uh, paper towel, tissue, whatever. Come <laughs> wipe your brow, all that type of stuff. And a lot of y'all, I, I, you know, I realize a lot of y'all spend like hell of money on that makeup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially the bride. Especially. Because you ain't doing your own makeup on your wedding day. Well, typically the bride is covered because the bride is probably, she dropping some money on her own to get her makeup done. And usually what should be happening, you know, if you got it, you should be really spending some money on your makeup. Because the makeup artist, if she a professional, she going to keep your face together and make sure it's not going to slide. Okay. But the rest of you girls that ain't got the luxury because it ain't your day and you can't really splurge like that. So your makeup going to stay tight as fuck if, and if, if it's yeah. 95 degrees. Yeah, I mean, you, I feel like it's almost, if you were to think, conceptualize it as like a man, yeah. think about like a, like think about Beyonce when she's like oh. performing and sweating like hella mm. hard mm. and you know, they, you know, I mean, you still going to sweat, you still going to, you know, but your eyeliner is going to be he- like heavily waterproof you know ain't gonna be no smudging and carrying on and your face not gonna slide off because it's all of the you know primer and powder and drying and all these techniques to keep your face on your face already okay but that's a very extreme example because these ain't beyonce level makeup artists but you know they have the things i I, I, I figure most of those makeup artists probably on tour with with Some Beyonce. Artists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tour during the summertime doing something. Right. But no, there's things, there's setting spray and setting powder and waterproof things to keep your face on your face. But if you ain't got the money, you know, because if a girl like me going to show up to a wedding with just regular old makeup, you know, and if I'm sitting outside in the heat, oh, my face is going to slide off. Yeah. What I will do, though, also is just show up, you know, dry face. I would look like I'm about to sneeze because I ain't got on no eyelashes or no um, mascara. Hey, without the makeup, it's still fine. No, I feel fine, but you know, the, usually weddings are like very glamorous and everybody's got on the things. And yeah. you know, I'll show up, but I'll just show up. Hey, that's what I do. So you know what I'm saying? How could I hit on a woman for just showing up too? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I ain't trying to catch the bouquet anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And another thing, you know, you got to realize when you outside. Yeah. When you outside in that heat, you can't eat like you want to sometimes. You okay. Especially when you like, you know, especially when you when you got to, you know, got plans to do other things afterwards. You can't eat or you can't drink because you can get the drinking. Yeah. You really gonna be sweating. You you gonna be sweating. So think about your so think about your outfit when you go out there. Yeah. And think about your outfit once you start eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. And you know, you probably came out there dressed, you know what I'm saying, to like, you know, so you can breathe a little bit. Hey, but that sweat can stain, man. It can stain. And then on top of that, you know how the heat and the combination of the heat and the food and you eating heavy? <laughs> Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like You know what else is a problem? That's that's something that y'all need to think about these summer weddings, man. I know y'all trying to social distance, but I'm just saying, 90 degrees and up. You know, you might have to get you an insurance policy or something going on. You know what else is a problem? What? The bugs. 
We in the South. So the South got something to say. They got the mosquitoes. One time I went to a wedding. I lied about only going to two outdoor weddings. It's really like four. I'm thinking about this other one I went to. They had the biggest horse flies I have ever seen in my whole entire life. And, you know, I was trying to keep it together. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was... Um, it was I was not at a wedding where there were many black people. I'll explain that another day. Yeah. But, however, I was trying to keep it together, trying to be poised. You know what I'm saying? But these horse flies, horse flies bite, apparently. I ain't know. Yeah, because you, you, you would never have to force to be around them like that. Right? Man, it was so many horse flies up underneath this big white tent. And they was flying everywhere. And I was trying my darndest to not be in the vicinity. But they kept finding me. One of them came and flew by me. They flew back and it bit me on my ear. And I lost it. At the wedding. At at the wedding. And I had a plate in my hand and I hollered so loudly. And then I was just... (laughs) I was... And I don't really get embarrassed, but like, not, not generally, but... At that point in time, I was so embarrassed. And I was like, you know what? This is a great, beautiful wedding. I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Get the hell up out of here. <laughs> I can't stay here no more. I'm about to fall with these heels. Yeah. And my little cute little uh, cold shoulder blue, royal blue dress. I, I can't do it no more. I can't. Hey, in the royal blue, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it, man. Far too cute to be hollering and running, out and running from dragonflies. Dragon... Uh, horse flies. Boy was hooting and hollering and hollering and hooting in the heat. Far too cute. I can't do it. In the, far too cute. In the royal blue. <laughs> hey, and that's another thing y'all be thinking about a lot of times. Ladies, y'all be at these, you know what I'm saying, y'all be at these outside weddings and stuff like that. I, you know, and y'all be in y'all nice little hills and when y'all got to get on that grass and them hills... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is, see, if you would have watched uh, your basketball a little bit, you see how my guys be having issues tight, cuffed up on the hardwood floor because they don't want to tear their Achilles tendon. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to tear their ACL. They don't right. want to do none of that. But then y'all get to getting out there. Y'all want to dance on the grass, walk on the grass, and the hills is, you know what I'm saying, sitting on um, sitting on 20-inch dubs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey. You make one wrong move, messed up. Guess what you at the wedding doing? I mean, getting picked up and carted away by the ambulance because you didn't know how to walk on the grass. You thought the grass was solid ground, but guess but what? Already, they've been digging up through that grass all year and all year long. Boy, it rained like three days ago. Yeah, so you just stepping in straight up mush. So we just saying, hey, you know, might want to put a little bit more thought. Into what y'all doing in the summertime yeah. at them at them weddings, man? Because you know we know y'all want to social distance, and the best place to do that is outside because outside give you way more room. Mm-hmm. But some of y'all just need to wait till the fall, real talk. Yeah, and I you can wait three, four months. Come on, you ain't got to get married unless you got a, like a tropical destination somewhere in the Barbados or Jamaica, somewhere in the Caribbean. But if you get married in Little Rock. North Little Rock, you want to be outside in the summer? You know, think about postponing post, post for a second. Yeah, and I tell you what, if, I, if y'all trying to invite me to your wedding in the winter, I'm not coming. 
I mean, in the fall, wait, in the in summer. summer. Yeah, please. Sorry. I'm coming to all the fall and winter with us. Yeah. For the summer, I'm not coming, but I will see you at the reception, especially if it's an open bar. That's how I get down. Yeah, so if you have an open bar to a reception, you might as well just go on here and say more people are going to show up to the reception anyway. Because sitting in them chairs, watching y'all take vows and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, You're not going to do it. It just... And man, I, so I'm going to be real with you. Sometimes weddings just be hassle. Sometimes I'll be like, man, I'd rather go to the funeral than the wedding. I'm sorry. Stop! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry man. It be, it be a whole lot going on with the wedding. I'd be like, I got dog. Leave with the funeral. I'll be like, I'm in. I'll be all right there. I know what I'm going to do. But man. You know. But you, at the funeral, you almost don't know what to expect either. That's why I don't even want to be nobody's groomsman. But like, man, I don't want to deal with all that, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, if I was gonna be a pallbearer, bear, I know I'm gonna carry, carry in, carry out, something like that. But like, you know, the, gonna, I got he's gonna touch the casket before you leave. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't want to see nobody go, but at the same time, right. I, don't, I don't got time to be getting dressed up doing all what y'all doing. Listen, weddings be a whole two day ordeal. Three, three, and sometimes. You know, if you uh, if you are in the um, if you are in the bridal party it's longer than that that's what i'm saying it's more like a year and a half situation oh, that's what i'm saying the planning and everything yeah. and i went ahead and told my people like anybody i suspect would want to invite me to be in their wedding i went ahead and told them don't worry about it you know what i'm saying because like don't, people get mad at me for that no i listen listen because i know it's somebody else that actually want to be in your wedding you want to fence about Go ahead and run them the invitation. Look, I told my I told my one of my really good friends I grew up with him. I said, man, he wanted me to be his best man. I said, look, I don't even want to do it. I told him that for like he thought I, I said it to him before he before the wedding. I said it to him when it was coming up. I was like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want the responsibility. I don't yeah. want to deal with none of. It's a lot. Sometimes it's a bridezilla. I don't want to deal with her. Yeah. I don't want to deal with your dress code. Yeah. I don't want to deal with your rehearsals. Yeah. I just told, like, I think for my best friend, I'm going to be in her wedding. Mm. But, but the way it's going for both of us, you know, it, I ain't got to worry about it for no time soon. So, Already. <laughs> so that's just, you know. You might have if, to worry about it when they get here, too. She might be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna go and do this by myself, and I'll holler at you into perception. Cause that could be it too, and I would, I would. That's okay too. But yeah, I told, I had a family member get mad at me because I told her I ain't want to be in her wedding. But I was like, girl, you, girl, you did your second time getting married, girl. I can't even do it, girl. Cause the last time you, the last time, the first time you was married, girl, you threw, you put us through the ringer. Exactly. Now you finna do it again? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. I can't do it. She was upset. But guess what? Who wants to sign up to get their ass kicked twice? Guess what? <laughs> she got married again. It's a beautiful wedding. I was there to assist. Do it. We all had a great time, and there was no skin off either one of my back. I got to save me some money, and mm. I got to save me a year and a half worth of oh, my life. Oh, yeah. And, and it can't get expensive for the people who participating in the bridal and the groom. Because that's the other thing. If yes. you're going to ask me to be the... If actually, the caveat to me not being in your wedding is if you're going to pay for all of the shenanigans. If you're going to pay for my gown, and you're going to pay for the shoes, and you're going to pay for my makeup and hair and stuff... Then I will be in your wedding. Already, but if I got me. to pay for all of this and carry it on, and I got to do it for every friend that that want me to be in their wedding because I'm reliable. 
get you some more reliable friends. Well, you know what I could do with your wedding? I could perform. I could do a poem. I could sing. That would be nice. Can you officiate my wedding? I, and I could actually officiate it, but, you know, some people don't, you know, they be wanting, you know, they uh, family to do that type of stuff, too. Oh, no. But anyway, I could do all those things, you know what I'm saying? This is a whole tangent. We can talk about weddings. Man, all I'm just saying is... Talk about weddings on another episode. Summer Madness. Look, let's let's go ahead and let's coordinate... Let's coordinate more comfortable weddings I from can't here on out, especially with COVID now, y'all. I can't believe you said you had to go to a funeral and then a wedding. That's going to always be funny. I said me. sometimes I felt like that. <laughs> That's going to always be funny to me. But you know what I'm saying? But you know what? Real talk. Like, that's high on my list of things that's annoying. It's like going to weddings. It's like for real, man. Because even if, even if the wedding if the wedding is, you got to wait almost until, the, until they say I do. At the you, funeral, you, yeah. no offense, but I literally could walk in for a little bit, you pay can. some respects, sign the book, and tip on end. out. Because I never go view the body. When that that, you know what I'm saying? I miss... I miss most other other stuff that just the heart wrenching and shenanigans at a funeral. I do not do it. I get up. I get. I sit in the back when it's time to view the body. I get up and I leave. I view the body if I stay the whole time. I oh, view the body. Not, I but I, one thing I will say this right here. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to that type of stuff, man, we got to start making this stuff more more comfortable for people to be at. Yeah. Because man, ain't, ain't nobody trying to. Man, ain't nobody trying to lose all their energy doing all this stuff. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to, to you know, it'd it be a lot of decompressing that you got to do after this stuff, man. So, when I was a kid and I used to, so I, this is another reason why I'm like, y'all have to give me a break on the weddings because I had been in so many weddings. Like, you was the ring bearer like a mother? No, I was a flower girl. Uh, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. flower girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, typically I was the flower girl. Starting now. I bet you was a real cute flower, flower girl. I was girl. a super cute flower girl and at some, some, I would enjoy them. But then it would be the all day situation. Man, then you rehearsals, the man. rehearsal, your feet be hurting in these in this big yellow dress with this big bow with these ruffly white ruffle socks and these black uh tap shoes that you be having on. Got to carry this thing full of fake flowers. You itching. Look, you hungry. Look, let me tell you, I seen let me tell y'all something real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I seen Bowie childhood picture. She was adorable. <laughs> Everybody want her to be the flower girl. Right? But I gotta tell her something real quick. You a victim. <laughs> Y'all know them little cute kids be victims at weddings, man. Oh, God. They be like, oh, do we get the cutest person in the family? Yeah. It don't matter if she bad. It don't matter if she know how to talk with nothing. You no. a victim. I seen that picture. They wanted you. They were like, ooh, look at her yeah. little cute little face. Little cute ooh. face and big cheeks. You a victim. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout victim, out to my boy brother. Super High Fire. You a victim. <laughs> you a victim. You a victim. They victimized you, man. I felt very victimized. So much so that every time, every wedding I've ever gone to or been in, I start crying. My daddy would take me around to go meet my cousins and my uncles and them and everybody, my aunties. And he'll be like, come on, shake shake this hand, shake your uncle's hand. And I would sit on the floor and start crying. I'd be like, please, I want to I wanna eat. 
and I want to go home. I don't want to meet Uncle Charlie. I got Uncle I'm not going to remember this nigga. <laughs> I'm not gonna remember this nigga next week. <laughs> Don't make me meet another cousin Eddie. Hey, I saw the I saw the childhood pictures, y'all. I seen it. She's adorable. <laughs> Ooh, they victimized her. They victimized her like Michael Vick used to do people that was that was them linebackers. They was victimizing her. <laughs> I know. I, I I visualized that that big bow on that dress. Yeah, I know it was uncomfortable. Very I know, uncomfortable. I know it felt like a World Wrestling Federation title. Definitely on, on, on your waist. Yeah, and it seemed like my, my other cousins would just love it, and I just would be like, "Yo, I don't like this. It's too much. It's too much. Too much like a pageant. Too much. I feel like them little pageant girls. <laughs> I feel like them little pageant girls be stressed out because everybody be trying to dress them up, put and, on makeup, and do all this little stuff. And she ate. Yeah. She want to go make a bracelet. Yes. And and play it with her play fake outside. pots and pans. Yeah, you should always get in trouble for trying to go play and run. Can't run in these shoes. Yeah, they put them ruffles on the on the, on the bottom <laughs> on the of your socks. <laughs> can't even get them dirty. <laughs> <laughs> the socks can't get dirty. Yeah. So, uh, I, I feel your pain. I so this it. is why. If y'all want to know why, I'm saying please don't let me. Please don't make me be in y'all wedding. I'm traumatized. Stressed out. Okay, so look, let's let's go ahead and shut it down on the <laughs> weddings. Look, I'm tell y'all something, man. We gonna come back with a part two. Okay. We gonna talk about that after you go to one of your weddings, though. Okay. And uh, we ain't gonna do, we ain't gonna expose whoever that is. But uh, real talk, let's let's be more considerate at these summer weddings and weddings in general, especially if they outside. Let's be more considerate. If you inside the whole time with AC on and everything like that. Then I just say this right here, you know. Uh, let's just, let's think about attention span, y'all. <gasps> attention span. <laughs> Don't nobody want to see a, a whole program. No. We just want to get through the end. Don't make us without, without without going to sleep. So yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 man. But speaking of speaking of weirdness, man, you know what I'm saying. I went, you know, I I always. One of the things that I liked about going to church when I was going to church when I was a kid was I went to a church that was like, I think a lot of the people at the church was like, we tired of going to long weddings. Mm. And so when I was at church, I'd be a kid or whatever, the pastor at my church decided that on Sundays, at the end of his sermon, after the last little walkthrough offering and the benediction and the last prayer and everything, he would go ahead and marry a church couple. Oh, wow. Hey, That's look, efficient. Look, and they had already went through the whole church service, so it wasn't a whole lot to do. But it basically would just be like, hey, the groomsmen would just show up, walk in with their, you know, they tuxedos and all that type of stuff. It'd be somebody that was going to sing or the choir would sing real quick. The bride walk in, he'd officiate the ceremony, walk back out. It would be one final offering because everybody in church didn't obviously didn't come with gifts to the church unless they was family and stuff like that. And the, and the final offering would be to the people that was getting married. And they would, oh, they would get wow. to take that offering. That's really and so cool. So people would bless them at the end. But then that, that, that whole process would take nothing, no longer than like 30 minutes. That's perfect. But the other side of it was usually I had to lead children's church for that to happen. <laughs> and so I didn't like going to church. Well, why'd you have to leave children's church? 
I'm saying, like, you know, because church will technically be over with. So people start coming oh, to get their kids and they want to stay at the wedding. Got it. And so they would shut it down. And then we would have to sit up in there for the wedding if my parents decided to stay. So you had children's church? Because we never had children's church when I was growing up. Well, see, I was blessed. Because <laughs> I don't really understand, man. Like, real talk. Like, one thing I think about now is... I don't think I ever want to go back to a school full time again. Because sitting down and sitting there listening to people and stuff <laughs> like that all day long, Monday through Friday, it's just it just ain't really a move that I want to do. And so, like, to any kid that could just sit through church without going to children's church, I never had that experience <sighs> regularly. <laughs> Because, like, we, I always had somewhere to go as a kid. But, like, to sit in a service from 10 to 1 or 9 to 1, or yes. however late early y'all go, I mean, that do a lot to a child that's going to school Monday through Friday already. Would you agree? I would agree. That's a lot. I mean, but what's the alternative? Like, you're going to go to church? Well, every church should have a children's church, a, a place for the kids to go. Yes. But I had struggles with my children's church. Well, I was a children's church teacher, so I feel like I, I feel like you would have liked my children's church experience. Mm. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt no, you would have liked my children's church experience. Okay. Well, I got to see what it's about because I got, I got kicked out of children's church. I got kicked out of children's choir. I got kicked out of the children's church. I worked at children's church. I got kicked off the staff of children's church. I mean, it was a whole lot. Short story, I tell, you know, I tell, you know what I'm saying, some of the listeners how I got, you know, kicked off the children's church staff. And, uh, because I, I used to get suspended from children's church. I say, I ain't say I get kicked out, I get suspended. You was, well, that's so blasphemous. No, it's not. It's, it's just, uh, blasphemous. Challenging. I was challenging. I was okay. challenging. But, you know what I'm saying, so I got kicked off the children's church staff in my church. You know, you couldn't go to children's church no more after you were the age, uh, I want to say, 13 maybe. And But, you know, I think about 14, you could, like, work at children's church, you know, be a youth worker. And, you know, me and my boy, you know what I'm saying, uh, we became youth workers. And... I basically did it because I was like, man, I'm not ready to sit in church a whole church service still. Cause Blasphemous. It's just too long. It's just too long to be sitting there. Heathen. This the days. This this the days that you just sit there. And you just wish that like you had like a good magazine or <laughs> or I'm like you could you almost be thinking like, man, I should have brought that book. I got to do a book report. <laughs> Or or something that your parents tell you to do at the house when you boy. Put it inside of your Bible. Yeah, straight up. And so I got kicked off the staff because you know I'm working at the children's church. I'm trying to work with you, be a role model, set an example. And um, and my boy, man, he, man, you know, them streets were still in him real tough. He couldn't he couldn't differentiate the streets from the church a lot of times. <laughs> and uh, man, we got into an altercation. A physical, we got into a fight we at got, church. At church with another group of uh, children's church members. 
They was only like a year older, younger than but us. But y'all both were staff. Well, you know what? Technically, I was staff, and he came up there to meet me as the church day was closing. Because he wanted to have an altercation. No, he came to talk to me. Oh, okay. But then somebody said something to him that was out of line. Got it. And, you know... It, it, all hell broke loose. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it went to hell real quick because it was no pun intended. Uh, and on, on, and on he, he said he he said the infamous words on the blood tonight, talking about Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick yo, you know what? <laughs> and a fight jumped off in the children's church, and it was it was three on two, and the was two was you a part of the fight. Yes, I was a part of the fight because Blaspheme. it was three of them and it was two of us. Blaspheme. So I had I had to do something, man. I had to do something, and so they can. Uh, we 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 scrapped it out for a quick second, and wow, we came out on top on you know because we were out we was outnumbered, but we came out on top. Wow, and, and because we came out on top, they they uh, terminated my my, uh, <laughs> my children's church staff memberships. <laughs> So on the blood. On the blood, and I ain't talking about Jesus Christ. He said that right before he popped it off. That needs to be a rap lyric or on a t shirt or something. Yeah. That and Sue to my organ donor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you stay away from children's church. (laughs) Man, I was I was I was still a kid back then. Thankfully you have not been invited back to teach. But I'm just saying, like, that's hard. That's hard, you know what I'm saying, uh, to to experience as a child because yes. then when you just go straight to the service. Well, listen, I was a devout children's uh, attendee. So that children's church attendee? Or you talking no, about? regular church because we didn't have children's church where I came from. So how did you end up being a children's church worker then? Because I moved to church, I moved to a different church, and it was a little more contemporary. And they were uh, saying that like we need children's church. Yeah. So I and they needed people to teach the children. So I volunteered, and my children loved me. They loved me. So you say they were so happy when I taught. I would bring them candy and games. We would talk about Jesus and the love of the Lord. We had little Bible scriptures, little memory verses, you know. They lived for it. They went up for me. Everybody did? It's, no, except this one little girl. I don't know what she I don't know what she was on <laughs> to this day. I still remember her. She was a cute little girl, little chocolate baby. But she had this attitude out the world. And you know, I didn't really understand why she had such vitriol towards me. You know, because I was here trying to impart the word of the Lord mm. and give you candy as long as you memorize the memory verse, you know. And did you did she ever get candy? No, she never got candy, but what she did get, she did get sent out of the class. See, see, and see that's that's where the issue came from right there. <laughs> she What she got was sent out of my classroom. She never got no candy. She never got no candy because she was not a good pupil. Okay, but guess what? Because she probably didn't memorize none of that Bible. But she knew how to memorize to terrorize me, though, every Sunday. Because she could never get her lesson together. That's her mama's fault. You know what? That's what I'm talking about right there. It's active. It's, it's a, take, it was, a, take a village. Take a village. It was nothing I could do about it. I was... We, <laughs> I, I, had, I had 13 other little children that I had to feed uh, goldfish snacks. 
and Capri Suns. She wanted to win one day. <laughs> That's why she chose you as a victim. She had an attitude. <laughs> she was horrible. So I had to send her out. How, I tried to. How I, old you think she is now? I don't know. She probably like. She probably close to being a teenager because I guess she was like five. So it was like seven years ago. You mean to tell me she was a five year old acting crazy with you like that? Crazy, like terrorizing. I think me. I think you're going over the top. She was this. terrorizing me. She might have been seven, so she may be fourteen now. All right, terrorizing me. Okay terrorizing me and I had told her I was trying to be nice and do stuff then she had upset me so bad she was like kicking stuff and throwing stuff and I had told her that God was not pleased with her actions Ooh, see nigga you try to do that to her try to strike fear in her when you say that I mean I was like I know you think you trying to upset me but who you really upsetting is the Lord mm. I was like God is not pleased man you he watching you and he is not pleased. That's what, that's what happened right there. You're trying to get messages straight from God in the I, moment. I had to invoke somebody because I I, did, I was losing all my power. All my power I had was lost. So I had to invoke Jesus and God on her. And that wasn't an, that, what, that even that wasn't enough. So I had to send her out. Kicked out. Kicked her out. I grabbed her coat, took her coat to her granny. I said, she can't come back to this class no more. And then I turned around and walked off. And I remember walking off so vividly because I had on these heels that was toe up at the bottom. <laughs> and like, I almost fell. <laughs> you almost lost your balance. <laughs> See, that was, that, was try, that was God trying to knock you back in your right mind. He <laughs> bring you back to your right mind. Denying this, deny this little girl some sound doctrine. <laughs> God, when you, when you, when you almost fell off them raggedy heels. <laughs> God said, look now, <laughs> you're not a gatekeeper on my word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's for everybody. <laughs> yeah, them shoes were towed up and I almost fell. My grand exit almost was ruined. I didn't tow up heels. Uh, they saw it. They saw it. <laughs> yeah. That was about my last day teaching children's church also. I was like, listen, I ain't even sign up for this. I ain't even really, really did not sign up for it. But I feel like every church, if they got kids, should have a children's church. I agree. Every church. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how old school these churches, some of these churches still are, but like, sitting in service at that age, I remember, man, I was, <laughs> I was watching my Instagram story of one of the uh, kids I work with you know what I'm saying? Post Instagram story. Uh, they look cousin sitting in church. <laughs> <laughs> and he was sitting. He was sitting there. They look cousin was sitting in church and he was going to sleep. <laughs> and so he was leaning forward. So he, he grabbed the front of his head and, and hit hit the head on the back of the pew. <laughs> and then the grandma heard the thud and I guess felt it and picked up a comb and was like. Don't you, don't you don't you fall asleep in church? <laughs> she had a comb. You know, you know, you know, you know. Black women in church always got an alternative object to pop you with. 
it might be the it might be a Bible, it might be a little booklet pamphlet, it might be a comb, a shoe, something to pop you with. She had a little comment and she was like, You been not you been not <laughs> you, you been not fall asleep again. And, he, and really he fell asleep the right way. He fell asleep forward like he was looking at his Bible or something. And his big cousin grabbed in front of his head from behind him. And he hit his head on the back of the on the back oh of the pew. God. But y'all know that that's that's come on, who can sit through that at that age? She ain't wasn't nothing but like seven or eight. And so I'm saying, like, we need to open a petition. All you uh. churches that got youth. Anybody under the <laughs> age of eighteen, find something constructive for them to do mm-hmm. <laughs> during the service. Because some of y'all be sitting up in there in church. Doing a whole lot of grown folks stuff. Yeah, these kids, these kids can't relate to your testimony. I mean, some of grown folks be falling asleep. I mean, I'm probably gonna be one of them if you ask me to come to your church. Because a lot of times y'all really don't even know how to entertain and how to keep people's attention. You know what I'm saying? We talking about we in the age of TikTok videos, one minute, and you want to chill for four five hours? Don't do us like that, and brethren, brethren. Do not withhold brunch hours from us. Mm. Because bottomless mimosas still go up on Sundays. And sometimes, you know, they end at 2. So we can't be getting out of church at 1.30. So let me tell you something right now. Now. You want to keep the black crowd and the black family in the church? You better learn how to condense your message. Yeah, lay out before brunch hours. Typically around 11, 30, 20. If you want to sit in church all day, then you need to open up multiple churches, and then you need to push for seminary classes to be taught on Sunday. Or just go to, like, Nigeria, or, you know. I don't know what they do out there. They be in church all day. But them kids, man, you can't be doing them kids like that, man. Them kids, man, that's just, you know. I believe in children being having an opportunity to like move around and and get their energy up, you know. Yeah. That's what's the problem with the, like the educational system. I feel like a lot of times is they want to try to force children to sit down all day, and then when they act up, you want to send them home. Now they getting punished. Yeah, or you want them to kick them out of class. But like, think about this right here. One of the biggest things was during the pandemic was how do we get little kids to wear masks at school? How do we get little kids to social distance? Um, That's going to be tough. Little kids, five, six, seven, eight, nine, year old, 10 year olds, when they see their teacher, when they see their person that they work with, they want a hug. Yeah, when they, they see do. Their, when they see their other friends, after they hadn't seen them Saturday and Sunday, they want to go talk to them, they want to go touch them. Yeah. When little kids see something that's interesting to them, they want to pop up and stand up and talk about it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, like, that's why I say, like, with church, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do y'all not think the same things don't apply to a church service? Like, little kids, they when they see their friend walk in from uh, across the, uh, the the aisle or whatever, yeah. they go, oh, they want to perk up. They want to try to talk to them. And I feel like, you know what I'm saying, if you really want to teach kids... At church, then you should actually make a space and a, a safe environment for them to be kids too. That's yeah. what it all boils down to. I should have never been terminated as a, a children's church work employee. Mm. I should have never, never been terminated. Should never been terminated. 
They brought the hood up in there. What was I supposed to do? You supposed to, you was protecting the children. I was defending my friend. <laughs> but you know what came in? You know what? You know why? Because the author of confusion. He came in <laughs> the room and in the spirit and he changed things. <laughs> So you can't get mad at the author confusion for showing up at the battleground. Because that's his job. Exactly. I should have been ministered to. I should have lost my you job. You should have been ministered to. Yeah. But you know what happened? That was my last year going to church on a regular basis. <laughs> so you just went away with the church completely. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I was 14. So by the age of 15, I started working jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, put me on Sunday morning shift. And then he was like... <laughs> You was so you was so upset. I started finding couldn't return. I started finding work. I started yeah. Find, or, I, or I started finding other places to go. You know. I think that's fair. You're a teenager. You, you can find things to do on a Sunday if you really try hard. Totally. If you don't want to go to church. I don't work. <laughs> do tomorrow. I can't finish it. I can't finish it tonight. I gotta do it right now. Yeah. You know the research paper due on Monday. Why waste your whole weekend when you can do it on you Sunday do it morning? On Sunday morning. Like Scotty Pippen said, he was like, when he, after the Bulls won the championship, he was like, why? He was like, why would I mess up my see, my summer vacation and my off season getting surgery? I'll just do it when the season starts. <laughs> and that's what he did. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna mess up my summer. <laughs> why should I mess up my weekend? I got I got fun field things planned for Friday Saturday. Right, Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday, y'all got stuff to plan for me that I that I might sit down all day and do. Remember that whole adage from the preachers about how you 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 you, you was out out at the club all day Friday and Saturday. You can't you can't get God no can't get God an hour of your time. <laughs> I gave the school system my time Monday through Friday. <laughs> You've been out partying. Um, one time this preacher was like, I know some I know what some of you was doing Saturday night. No, you woke up next to the person this morning. You sit next to him right now at church. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, okay. I'll be turning around looking at people like, oh, okay. Oh. Look, look. You're too observant. Fornicators. Why do he know? Why do he know though? Adulterers. Why does he know? Because he used to do it. <laughs> That's why he know he's speaking on it. He's a man of the cloth now. It's irrelevant. But he was a man of the flesh at that time. <laughs> hey, man. Y'all better start getting realistic, man. Hey, that's why some of these churches don't don't last. Because they ain't spiritually feeding nobody. So, you know, say so you want to get spiritually fed, you better start thinking about the structure of how you do things. Yeah, you got to kind of figure it out. They... It's a reggae song I listen to that say, if you want to eat, you got to feed yourself. Hey. Hey. And if you want to know, you got to teach yourself. Look, one of my favorites, uh, one of my my favorite uh, quotes was, uh, I forget who who said this. They said, uh, I went looking for myself and I found God. Mm. I went looking for God and I found myself. Oh, that's deep. I don't know if it's deep like that, but you know what I'm saying? It's already within you. So, you know totally. what I'm saying? The answers are there. You just got to center yourself and find it and uh, get back to your source. 
so you know um i just think that we just need to be more realistic and approach things with our common sense a lot of times when we want to get people on the right track and, and, and spiritually feed them and you know get people on that on that uh, on that path to where you know saying so their mind and they seeing through everything and understanding that knowledge that wisdom and understanding and, and that enlightenment so yeah all right we did so good it's a great episode yeah yeah we still- as per usual <laughs> okay midnight always get excited towards the end of the episode but we still all right midnight all right midnight but, uh we still got our we still got our um our favorite four, segment four ingredients we still got that y'all and um I will tell y'all exactly what we're sipping on today. So this time we are with the Great Rab Brewing out of Shreveport, Louisiana. Shout out to my folks in Louisiana, Shreveport. I love Shreveport. I've never been there. Man, they showed me so much love when I was in Shreveport. Shout out to the radio DJs down there in Shreveport. Shout out to the ladies, man. Shout out to the convention center, man. The municipal oh. municipal center down there. Jabba Jaw, everybody out there. Man, we had a great time. We got there. Hey, Bay Bay, all of them. Uh, shout out to Tony Anthony, too, man. He took me on my first trip oh, to Shreveport. Oh, hi, Tony. And, man, they got some great places to gamble and great places to sip, sip out there. Late night. <clears throat> but, yeah, this is a great rap brewing in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. This is called the Commotion American Pale Ale. Mm. Uh, 49 units, 5.5 alcohol, ABV. Bold, generously hot balance. This is an APA, not an IPA. American Pale Ale. Man, I love the can. You know what I'm saying? It's so beautiful. It's got me, it's got, it's giving hoppy vibes because it's just so green. You know, the hops are green. And, um, yeah, man. I'm trying to see if there's anything on the can about maybe this company, but it's not. So we're just going to get right into it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Are you going to pour it in your cup or are you going to just drink it out of the, out of the I'm can? I'm drinking out of the can. Oh, and by the way, Four Ingredients is the segment that where we review a beer at four the end of every episode. We call it Four Ingredients because it takes four amazing ingredients to make a beer. It's water, barley, hops, and yeast. But you know me very well. Toast. Toast. Let's see what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, it came out the bottle real fast. <laughs> it's full. It's tasty. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. American Pale Ale Commotion. Well, you know, for me, okay. I'm tasting lots of citrus. Yeah. It's giving me like some orange, lots of orange flavor. Um, it's kind of got like a sweetness to it, also. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a sweetness yeah. that's I like. Mm. And it's not too heavy. No, it's not at all. Let me take one more sip. Okay. Yeah, you can taste the hops in this right here. Initially. And uh, it wants to settle down, you know what I'm saying? It has a um, like, like a little sweetness to it, like like Bowie said. Yes. Uh, pretty light. 
pretty light. Well, I ain't gonna say it's like real, real light, but it, it's not one of them beers. I feel like when you get to the end of, it, you just feel like so. It's, it's like so filling. You could actually probably drink a couple of these. Yeah. And be feeling all right. You ain't gonna be feeling all bloated and like you need to go to the bathroom and leave yourself like that. But it has a great taste to it. And, uh, you know, the APAs are not supposed to be, they probably be like a little bit step under the IPAs, Indian Pale Ales. So, yeah, but it got a real nice taste to it, man. This is, uh, I always like to put myself in a place when I say I'm, where I'm drinking, what I'm going to do with this one. Mm. So I would say, um, drinking this, drinking this one right here, man. Uh, I think it's a good outdoors beer. Like for yeah. my for my folks, for my folks, you know, for my bonfire people, for my like, you know, what I'm saying campfire people. Man, you sitting out fall time. You want a good beer, you know what I'm saying? Something to pass around. Cheer, have some good talk, roast something. You know what I'm saying? Have a good time on, on a fall night. Ooh. This is that beer. This is an, also a good beer. If, you know, you want to go to the homecoming games, football and fall. Because IPAs, man, they're going to they gonna run through you sometimes. But this one right here, a little bit lighter. Not as filling, but still has a nice, good taste and a balance with it. I would, <laughs> I would actually drink this on like a Friday night inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While having like pizza, mm-hmm. you know, I probably would have like a couple, like probably no more than one or two. Mm-hmm. It's not the best flavor profile for me. Like, it's not my like typical flavor profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like the like immediate like citrusiness that I taste. Most um, deaf, most deaf. So, yeah. I would recommend it, though, to somebody that's just starting out drinking, you know, hop-forward beer. Yeah. This is a good starter. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like, this is for the people who, like, learning about hops and hoppy beer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Definitely cool like that. You can relax and have a good time with it. Totally. Well, yeah. All right. So, come up, uh, what's the... This is Great Rap Brewing out of Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah, y'all, you know, check us out on, you know, on all of the things. We'll tag you in our, when we post the episode. Yeah, we definitely got to start doing that. Yeah, we got to start doing that. So, yeah, thanks for joining us on another episode of As a Matter of Black. Yo, I hope y'all enjoyed the conversations we had today. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget to hit us up on social media. Um, our Instagram, Instagram, Instagram is AAMOB underscore pod. Um, Reach out to us. Send us some messages. DM us. DM us. Our uh, email is uh, podcast one at gmail.com. You know, hit us up for sponsorships, topics, reviews, you know, all of the great things, collabs. All of that. And yeah, I guess we'll, you know, stay black and I, I suppose we'll see you next time. Black is beautiful. Peace. <laughs>